The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Now it's time to talk Braves, Falcons, and college football with a Deep South college football legend. It's the Buck Baloo Show, exclusively on The Fan. Happy Monday to you. Time for the Buck Baloo Show. Live from the Battery Atlanta here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Get the Fan mobile app. Driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming, Road Dog, Derek Thomas are running the teleprompter. Can we speed that up a little bit? And uh, blew in for another fine week here on the fan. Hopefully your Super Bowl weekend was fantastic. Hopefully you took some advice last week on betting on the Chiefs. Seemed like a lot of people betting on the Eagles to win that game. And there's some crying going on today, brother. So let's get right to it. Bucks Big Take. Philadelphia woke up losers today. No doubt blaming the Super Bowl loss on what they deemed to be a bogus defensive holding call on the Chiefs' last drive, which resulted in a uh, Butker chip-chop field goal to win it for Kansas City. However, Philly needs to look in the mirror and come to terms with three plays that killed him in the game. Number one, Eagles up 14-7, second quarter, driving for more, looking to extend the lead early in the game when Jalen Hurts fumbled without even getting hit, laid it on the ground, Bolton scooped and scored to tie the game, and that was a huge, big 14-point swing. All right, play number two, fourth quarter. Chiefs up 28-27. Kadarius Toney took a punt back 65 yards to extend the lead, 35-27. And there's your special teams blunder that turned out to be a game-changer. All right, uh, play number three is the one all these Philly fans are crying about, the defensive holding on cornerback James Bradbury that ended any real hope of coming away with a victory. And, yes, it was holding. We'll talk more about it coming up in a moment. With the loss, the Eagles join the Falcons as the only teams to blow a double-digit Super Bowl halftime lead. It's got to be embarrassing, and as a Falcons fan, it's good to have company. And if I could pick any team in the league that could join us as the uh, lousy team that blew a double-digit halftime lead, it would be the Eagles. Final score, 38-35. My prediction all last week was 31-27, Kansas City. So if you uh, followed my advice, you're welcome. You are Welcome. So I uh, want to take your calls today, too, if you want to join in and complain or uh, talk about how it wasn't, 
how it uh, was holding on, on that big play. Everybody seems to be talking about 404-231-1680, the phone number, if you want to get in here. Man, the second half was, if you're a Kansas City uh, you're a Kansas City fan or somebody that bet on the Chiefs, that second half was spectacular. The Eagles defense that we heard so much about during the two weeks leading into Super Bowl 57, we heard about how this Eagles defensive line over and over again led the National Football League in sacks, and it wasn't even close, and how dominant this Eagles defense was. Well, they were, they were terrible. In the uh, second half of the game, the Eagles' defense did not get one stop in the second half of the game. Chiefs went 10 plays, 75 yards for a touchdown. Nine plays, 75 yards for a touchdown. Three plays, five yards for a touchdown. 12 plays, 66 yards for a field goal. And boy, Patrick Mahomes was brilliant in the second half. Spectacular research staff and look last week uh, they, they fumbled uh, once the research staff but uh, they're telling me this morning Mahomes 12 of 13 passing in the second half almost perfect in the second half Patrick Mahomes and at the end of the first half he re-injured that high ankle sprain and Patrick Mahomes didn't bother him in the least I don't know if he got any help at halftime Halftime a little bit longer. He probably got pinched a little bit there at halftime to lessen the pain. I was going to ask you, Buck. It feels like, yeah, he might have had a little numbing, a little local uh, numbing. Which is legal, by the way. Oh, sure. Yeah, Yeah, it's legal. You can uh, can get pinched at halftime anytime you get ready. Is that what you call it? I never heard that, getting pinched? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mahomes uh, led four, four possessions for four scores in the second half. Eagles fans just probably going a little bit crazy there. And how about one of the bigger plays in the game as they're trying to extend the lead, put the game away. Mahomes pulls that thing down and runs about 25 yards with it. Running away from some of those Eagles defenders. So Mahomes uh, deserving of that Super Bowl Most Valuable Player award that came down. And the Eagles' defense just flat-out disappeared. Did not have one sack in the game. The Eagles' defense went sackless in the Super Bowl after this tremendous lead-up leading into the game for two weeks, hearing about how awesome Philly's defense was, how dominating their pass rush was, and the Kansas City offensive line pitched a shutout against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. They did they hardly even touched Mahomes in the game. And then the other thing I wanted to point out too, I believe one of the big differences in the game was the great job that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes did in the red zone. Their red zone game plan was A++. Designing easy touchdown plays that they called and they delivered on. Scored on four of the five trips into the red zone. I believe the missed field goal to get at the uh, top of the game, the only time they didn't score. But uh, touchdown number one, you had Kelsey with a double move that went for the touchdown. The out and up was a brilliant 
uh, game plan, scheming it up, getting your best player as far as playmakers go, getting him the ball in the red zone when you know you need a touchdown in the worst way. Great game plan as far as the red zone goes there, scheming it up for Kelsey with touchdown number one. Uh, touchdown number two is Pacheco, who played great running the football. Let's go to touchdown number three with Kadarius Tony, who was lined up uh, wide right. Off the ball, they send him in motion, coming back towards the formation, snap the ball, and he runs the flat, and he's wide open. And then touchdown number four, Sky Moore with the touchdown there. They go bunch formation to the left side of the line of scrimmage, and they have him motioning toward the quarterback, snap the ball, and he reverses and runs the flat. And there wasn't an eagle there to be found in coverage for that play. So you're going to see both those plays using the outside receiver motioning back toward the quarterback, looking like they will cross the formation or run a shallow crossing route. And then, boom, they reverse their field and run the flat route. And Philly secondary was standing there looking at each other for both of those touchdown plays. You're going to see more of this. It's a copycat league. You'll see high school coaches running these plays now. College coaches will be running these red zone plays, motioning the receiver back toward the line of scrimmage and then reversing the field, running the flat. Very, uh, very effective versus man coverage down in the red zone. So Mahomes was brilliant. Kansas City's offensive line absolutely dominated this uh, unbeatable Philadelphia front four. And then the red zone game plan, spectacular for the Kansas City Chiefs. Getting easy, easy throws for the touchdowns. Scheming it up. Great. If you wonder when you hear that term, scheming it up, that's exactly what Reed Bienemy did for Mahomes and the Chiefs offense down inside the 20-yard line. 404-231-1680, the number. Uh, Jim joins us on the show. Hello, Jim. How are you? Man, we're doing well, Jim. What you got? Well, I want to talk to you. You know, um, Bradley admitted I'm holding the guy, you know? Well, you could see him grab yeah. the jersey. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I liked the game. I wasn't happy about that call because I am a 50 year Eagle fan. Right. You know, it was just, it was just, you know, you, you got to remember, all Philly fans don't like all them Jack. All them fools in Philadelphia, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I guess you just run into more of those that you're talking about than not. Yeah, and, you know, and oh, I also want to talk about Georgia uh, winning the national championship next year. A three-peat? Well, I, I became a Georgia fan in 1980 when Herschel Walker ran through, um, I think his name was Bill Bates. Yeah, I remember that. I had a pretty good view I of that. That was, was great, and uh, but I just wanted to call you know don't don't dog on all the Eagles fans because we're not like all the Eagles fans. We'll take you know? it easy on them. We appreciate your call, man. Thanks for calling in. I did not expect to get an Eagles fan that would admit uh, that that not all the Philadelphia fans are in your face. We just have so much of that going on, you just sort of expect that's the way every Eagles fan would be. 
So, um, hey, our, our 30th anniversary is rolling on this month. We're sending one lucky winner and a guest down to spring training for some sun, some sand, and some cold ones, and some baseball. Tune in to the fan each day and listen for the bra- Listen for the Braves' home run sounder. What's that sounder sound like, DT? You get a little taste of that? So listen for the sounder. And when you hear that thing, that's your cue to be the sixth caller and get qualified to win Braves Beach and Brew, our big trip. All right, we're going to qualify 30 listeners. We'll have a weekend stay at the Wyndham Grand on Clearwater Beach. you got to love that. Tickets to the Braves versus Pirates down at spring training. You'll spend an inning in the booth hanging out with Jay Chad and the Braves announcers. Plus, you get an $800 Delta gift card, 100 bucks cash to spend on brews, and a pair of home opener tickets here at Truist Park. So to get qualified, just stay tuned to 680 The Fan, listen for the sounder, and get your chance to win. And to book your own exclusive VIP sporting events trip, go to atlsportstrips.com. We'll come back more on the Super Bowl. Coming up next, Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. from the Battery Atlanta here on the fans, 680 and 93.7. How's your Monday going? Man, that 400 southbound this morning was packed. And I bet there were a few hangovers in those cars, too. But I appreciate you hanging out with me. 10 to 11, Monday through Friday here on the fan, trying to squeeze it all in. Chiefs getting the big win last night in the Super Bowl, 38-35. No sacks on Mahomes. And that's all I heard about in the Super Bowl lead-in is how that Philly defensive line was going to dominate. That that Chiefs offensive line wouldn't stand a chance. As they say, Mahomes, they won't even have to wash his uniform after the game last night. And then the red zone plan, the scheming it up, just so, so impressive And wouldn't you have loved to have been in the locker room at halftime with the Chiefs down big, double digits, and what was said by the Chiefs coaching staff? Now, I'm not one of those guys that believes that coaching staffs at any level wait until halftime to make adjustments. I don't believe that's true. I think they're making adjustments from the first possession of the game in the first quarter all the way through the game. The good coaches are. You're not waiting to halftime to make adjustments. 
You're just not. Mahomes was brilliant last night, playing on an injured ankle that he re-injured late in the second quarter and still able to go out and perform at the highest level. Let's hear from Andy Reid after the game, praising his quarterback. He grew, he grew up in a locker room. He's seen the greats, and he strives to be the greatest. I mean, without saying anything, that's the way he works. I mean, he wants to be the greatest player ever. That's, that's what he wants to do, and that's the way he goes about his business, and he does it humbly, you know? I mean, there's no bragging. Uh, he could stand up here and give you the, these stats that are incredible that he's had, but he never, he's never going to do that. That's just not him. And so uh, we appreciate we appreciate that. And then when it's time for the guys around to raise their game, he helps them with that. Yeah, just just brilliant. Last night, Patrick Mahomes. You want to get in here, talk Super Bowl, 404-231-1680, the number. We'll get you lined up and on the show. Meanwhile, let's hear from Mahomes after the game. He was asked about what was said at halftime when they were down big. I, I talked a little bit, but it was everybody. It wasn't like I was the only person talking in that locker room. And we just challenged each other, man, to leave everything out there. And I, I don't want to say we played tight in the first half, but it, you didn't see that same joy that we played with. And I wanted guys to just know that everything we worked for is for this moment. You have to enjoy this moment. You can't you can't let the moment overtake you. Um, and um, I thought the guys did that in the second half, and they fought to the very end. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Let's have a little fun dive into the Super Bowl. We'll do it with the Super Bowl 57 Top 5. The best in college football and the NFL. 5, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, all right, Buck. Yes, a Super Bowl edition of the top five. Yeah, man. Well, we'll start with uh, what everybody else seems to be talking about this morning. The big holding call at the end. Controversial call led to a kind of a kind of an anticlimactic uh, ending to the Super Bowl. Buck, what was your take on the holding call? Is, is there any reason for this controversy? Well, when they showed the replay and they showed Bradbury grabbed the jersey, which prevented the receiver from getting out of his cut. And then even after that, he's got his left arm draped around his waist, clearly holding on the call. Clearly. There's no controversy surrounding this call. The only controversy is the knuckleheads that are, well, Philadelphia Eagle fans that are blaming this on their team losing. Imagine that, blaming this call on why they lost. Clearly, pulling on the jersey, wrapping his left arm around the receiver. And, you know, I even heard some of the sports talk heads coming in today as I bounced around seeing what they were saying. Uh, People that weren't even Eagles fans that were saying, well, you know, in this situation, you don't want to... You don't want to call well, that. Well, you're, you're talking to one of them, Buck. Uh, I was not pulling for the Eagles. I, 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 I mean, I saw the jersey pull. I didn't think that should be called. Uh, that's just so me. you saw the penalty. You just don't think it should have been called. Well, we could call that penalty a lot more often than if we every single time a guy got a little What's tug. What's the rule? If you grab the guy's jersey, it's holding, right? Yes. But you don't want it called in that situation. It's not called yeah. all the time, and I, I didn't like the Man, call. I think refereeing's hard enough oh, without knowing when to call it and when not to call and it. Yeah, that's the why it's not. The rule clearly states 
holding is holding. And that was holding. And yet you're supposed to, well, no, you know, in this situation, I'm not going to call the, what? No, regardless of the tr- situation, I thought it was a ticky-tack foul. Yeah. That's well, just I thought a, it was holding. I got you. All right, Buck. Well, um, we got through the controversy. What was the biggest misconception leading into this Super Bowl? Well, that this, this uh, Chiefs offensive line was going to get uh, murdered in the matchup, yeah. that this Eagles defensive front who had like, uh, you know, 458 sacks during the regular season was going to run roughshod over this Kansas City offensive line. Now, I think it goes uh, deeper than just the offensive line. They obviously did their job. But the brilliance of Patrick Mahomes of pre-snap, knowing what protection they need to be in, post-snap, knowing what the coverage is going to be and where the ball should be going, and then having this clock in his head to know that he needs to get the ball out quickly, less than three seconds. All those things factored in to Kansas City dominating this Eagles defense and pass protection. Not one sack by the team that, that sacked uh, quarterbacks like a thousand times during the regular season. Is it possible... We, I'm sure you noticed, Buck, all the, the slipping and sliding going on. Not the greatest not the greatest surface we've ever had for a Super Bowl. I wonder if that had something to do with it. Tough for the defensive linemen to get, get going around a solid offense, offensive line. The defensive line? Yeah, the, yeah. sorry. For, it's tough for the defensive line to get going against a solid offensive well, line. Well, so I, I think you're looking for excuses. Oh, there. no, no. no just, I was surprised well, there was as, some, uh, as logos you were. painted on the field. There's a lot of paint. A lot Look, of slipping and sliding. Go with the uh, three three-quarter inch cleats. Yeah, uh, I mean, Jalen Hurts made the chains pretty quickly, right? Yeah, I mean, my goodness. Let's hear from Andy Reid. We've got a uh, soundbite. Andy Reid talking about how their line of scrimmage, especially their offensive line, stepped up big. I felt like uh, this was going to be the big boy game where uh, both your lines were going to have to really step up and play well. And, And they did. Uh, both sides. I mean, that D-line battled like like crazy, and the, that offensive line battled like crazy. And everything wasn't smooth, but they kept going and kept going against uh, a very good football team that has good lines. Yeah, and let's go back and hear from James Bradbury, the cornerback, who was owning up to that holding call after the game. I mean, I pulled the jersey, you know, they called holding. I was hoping they would let it rock, you know, but was holding. I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. This is a big game, um, and it was it was a hold, so they called it. There you go. Even the guy that did it admitted he was holding. And he was playing along with that theory, too. Well, I was hoping he wasn't going to call it. Well, then don't hold. I mean, we see guys grab don't jerseys. Grab jersey. And they and they don't get called. It was called out of the cut, the though. Coming out of the cut. That's yeah, when he held like the jersey. It looked like he had him beat still, though. Could have got, still could have got completed the pass. Yeah. Uh, all right, but so Eagles lost. Will the Eagles be back to the Super Bowl? And if so, how long is it going to take? How about next year, huh? Lord, I hope not. (laughs) Good answer. Uh, It seems to me they got a lot of of players that they're relying on that are free agents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're going, they got a chance to lose a lot of these dudes. What are they going to do with Fletcher Cox? I mean, he's been one of their uh, dominators here over the last 10 years. They're going to bring him back and pay him big money. I'm sure that's what he's wanting. Miles Sanders had a great year at running back. They're going to bring him back, give him some money? Probably not. Uh, Bradbury, he's probably gone Gone. after that holding call there. He's probably gone. Gardner Johnson, who was laying the wood on some of those 
Man, he uh, he is a hard-hitting defensive back that they plugged and played. He's a free agent. So it's just uh, four of, I believe, ten free agents that they're going to have to either pay up or watch walk out the door. So there's going to be some reshuffling. No, the Eagles fans are hoping to get back and win it next year. I'll be surprised if that happens. I do have an extra first-round pick there they stole from the Saints. They'll be picking number 10 in the draft. So, And they've done a good job with that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Buck. A lot of fun with the halftime show. What would you think about Rihanna? Give us a grade for Rihanna's halftime performance. Well, she was pregnant. Yes, she was, yes. She was pregnant. I was thinking, why not zip that thing up a little bit so you can't see the belly sticking out? I'd I'd give it a B+. I thought it was really good. Uh, good. B plus to me is a really good grade. Uh, I mean, she did a great job. Uh, I don't know if I would have gotten on that floating platform. And I'm sure they had her secured, right? Did look a little scary. I mean, that thing looked like it was rocking just a little bit. Carrying a child. Uh, I love the uh, the swag with with the dance moves. Uh, She looked good there. Very very well choreographed, and she pulled that off. Looking good with the dance moves. Ran through, I believe, a dozen songs. Yeah, she was moving yeah. through. Very I mean, good. my goodness, or like doing this show that I'm doing here from 10 to 11. Yeah, yeah. You got to you gotta hit the ground in a full sprint, and then you're sprinting for 42 minutes. She did a great job running through those 12 songs. Uh, Umbrella, Diamonds, Run This Town. I mean, she, would, she knocked them out, man, knocked it out of the park. There were a couple of uh, moves that I thought were not classy at all. Some from the background dancers, I noticed. Uh, she, Some uh, pelvic you know, thrusts. Well, just the reaching down and then the wiping and the private area and then Uh-oh. coming up and licking it. Uh, oh, no. I could have done without some of that. But, you know, overall, I'd give her a B plus. I thought she did, uh, did a good job. Solid grade there for Rihanna. All right, Buck. Well, give us a grade. Who was the best Super Bowl defender that you saw in that game? Well, it wasn't anybody on that Phillies, that Eagles defensive front, that's for sure. Yeah. What happened to number seven? Did he play, by the way? Yeah, right? I was ready, I was ready to see yeah, some Yeah, uh, I don't really Reddick remember sacks. seeing Reddick uh, do much of anything but get blocked last night. Look, it's clearly the top defender in the Super Bowl 57 was Nick Bolton. The linebacker okay. for the Kansas City Chiefs had nine tackles in the game. I believe that was a high on both of the defenses. Nine tackles in the game. Had the fumble return for the touchdown. Dude, he even had another one where he picked that fumble up and ran back for another touchdown that they determined uh, the receiver did not make a football move on the play. So he could have scored two touchdowns in the game. Nick Bolton. Linebacker out of Missouri, if I remember correctly, uh, really solidified that Kansas City Chiefs defense. Really impressive. Top five on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. Yeah, man. So we could go a full 42 minutes on the Super Bowl. But you know what? We're not because I made a promise that coming into February that we were going to talk Braves baseball Every single day in the month of February. And then we went beyond that. Let's chop it up. Presented by Haug Law Group, your local personal injury attorneys. HaugLawGroup.com. Yeah, we went beyond that. We're going to talk Braves baseball on this show every day in the month of February, March, April, May, June, July, August, and hopefully through the month of September. And today we're looking at Brave storyline. I believe it's number nine 
These things are racking up. I'm about to lose track of how many of these uh, things we've done. Storyline number nine today is Ozuna, the DH, in the 2023, uh, 2023 season. Uh, Ozuna, who's on, he's, uh, he could be gone at any moment. Uh, he signed that big money contract, has underperformed, uh, then had the arrest in the middle of the night last season that people were giving thumbs down on. He's got two years and $32 million left on this four-year deal that he signed, paying him $16 million a year. So he's got this season and then 2024, making $16 million annually in the next two years. Uh, is he going to be the DH? Well, I don't think they've written him in as the DH in pencil, not with a Sharpie. He's going to have to go out and earn this during spring training. Strong spring training. Uh, needs to go out there and swing the bat. Needs to show up in shape. I don't think he's been in shape over the previous several years. Uh, big belly, and he's not pregnant, but he looks pregnant. Last season, hit 226 with 23 bombs, 56 RBI, and 124 games. Really a liability if you put him out in the outfield. So he's strictly a DH at this point in time. He's got to earn it, man. And he's got to show him something down in spring training. Otherwise, they're going to go to plan B. Plan B, you wonder? Well, plan B would be an assortment of people. Arcia comes to mind. Uh, could it be a rotation thing with the catcher that's not catching? Could DH, uh, Darno a lot of the time? Or would it be that somebody, Anthopolis, is going to go out and have to get at the end of spring training? Keep an eye on this one. Ozuna, is he going to be the DH? We're going to have to wait and find out on that one. And there's your Braves talk today on the show. Which leads us right into the Bulldog Roundtable. Proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25, 20, far side line, 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Let's go to the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Bring on the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Chip Towers, big friend of the show. We always appreciate him making time for us. Chip, great to have you on, man. How about that big Georgia win over Kentucky on Saturday? Yeah, that was uh, that was really cool, you know, uh, especially with the Hugh Durham's 1983 team being, uh, you know, honored this particular weekend on the <laughs> – it's hard to believe, and at a 40th anniversary of their their uh, run to the Final Four in 1983. So, you know, getting to see Coach Durham is just awesome. I mean, he is a treasure. You know that. And uh, but a lot of those other guys. I mean, I, I don't know when the last time Burn Fleming has been in that building, but it's but it's been a while. And I know you knew those guys really good. Uh, back in the day uh and uh so it was it was cool to catch up with them but then you know getting it done on the court uh mike white man uh you know it's too bad they had 
They lost Terry Roberts there for a minute, uh, or else they might be in even a better situation than they are. But, you know, in the context of, you know, the last season under Tom Crean to this season, I mean, I think there's a lot for, for Georgia basketball fans to be encouraged about. And that win over Kentucky uh, is, is just the latest evidence of that. Yeah, we haven't not seen through the years a lot of wins over Kentucky, whether it's in Lexington or Athens. I think it's one of the uh, one of the uh, the matchups in, in college sports that is probably the most dominant among uh, any of the sports is Kentucky basketball taking down Georgia basketball. It seems like one of the things we see twice a year at, at a minimum. But a uh, big win for the dogs here. What impressed you about what you saw? Well, first off, you know, it, it is Kentucky, and, uh, you know, Kentucky fans are probably going to, you know, this is not a typical Kentucky team period this year. You know, they're obviously a little bit down. and A lot of heat on John Calipari right now over there in, in uh, uh, Lexington, but they were playing without two of their key players, Savier Wheeler, uh, you know, chief among them, the former point guard from Georgia, and C.J. Frederick. Uh, those guys between them averaged 15 points a game, so there's your built-in excuse, you know, but they're still Kentucky. And uh, you talked about their dominance in the series. I mean, I think it was 131 to 27 coming into that game. And it's got the only thing similar in domination in sports might be Georgia against Kentucky football because they've (laughs) been similarly dominant. uh, But, but you still, you still got to do it. You know, there are a lot of Kentucky fans there sold out arena and they're used to getting you know every team's best all the time so uh it was a significant win now uh georgia gets lsu tomorrow night which is which is the last place team uh in the sec the lsu really struggling this year and they play them late tomorrow night but after that man it's a it's a killer ending to the schedule georgia georgia goes on the road to alabama and Missouri and they got a kind of a tough finish to the year, but no matter how you shake it up, you know, 15 wins already, um, you know, you could be uh, 500 in the league right now. You're, you're close to it already. And uh, you know, they're, they're one of those teams. Nobody, nobody's going to want to play, you know, when, when you get to SEC tournament time and stuff, because they're dangerous. Chip, what'd you make of the Calipari postseason press uh, post game press conference? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, typical Calipari. You know, he spends a lot of time uh, talking about uh, why they weren't able to get the job done, and then you know, and then in, in, ends up with a uh, you know a, a casual tip of the hat to Georgia. But I mean, you know, the heat over there is is uh, unlike it is anywhere else in basketball, but a few other places and and uh, it doesn't matter what kind of year transition or what kind of circumstances you've had uh you you got to make the tournament uh it you know if you're at kentucky and uh right now man i mean they were already i can't remember if they were a first in or first four in or first four out or whatever coming into georgia and they were counting that as a as a a, a probable road victory coming in, just reading the stuff ahead of the game. Uh, they they got you know they they're they're firmly on the bubble if if not even off of it right now. And and teams are, are kind of licking their chops, realizing they can be taken. 
and have kind of found a way around uh, that unbelievable uh, center. You know, Shebway is is incredible and, and was incredible against Georgia. But you know, you got to have more than that. And uh, so he's he's in trouble and he knows it. Chip, what do you put a finger on, and, and how quickly White's been able to turn this around? Uh, we went family uh, went to Athens a year ago to see the Bulldogs play, and we were one of about 150 people in the stag. And now this year, they get off to a really encouraging start, and they start selling that thing out. Now it's tough to even find a, a ticket to get in there. How in the world yeah. has he been able to do it? Well, that's you know, people recognize good coaching and you know georgia basketball is uh, uh really uh, uh, uh kind of a special thing to me i you know i alluded to to coach durham and obviously i've been around around long enough to 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 know hugh durham very well you can appreciate this uh but but it in that uh in those couple of years of purgatory or whatever you'd call it after he was uh you know dismissed by georgia in 1995, back in those days, you know, pre-internet, um, Coach Durham learned pretty quick that if you're looking for somebody to play golf with in the morning on a weekday, sports writers were a good bet back then. So we used to play uh, golf a good bit, you know, around, you know, 96, 97, 98, uh, before he ended up, you know, uh, going to Jacksonville and resuming his his basketball career. And even after that, so he's a great golfer. I mean, just to... He's a great athlete. That gets forgotten. Uh, what also gets forgotten is is that, uh, you know, he also is a winningest coach. Not only is he winningest coach at Georgia, he's winningest coach at Florida State. Anyway, all that said, uh, Durham knew about Mike White before Mike White was even at, at Florida. He's an astute observer, and, uh, uh, and, and he told the story before the game about, you know, watching Louisiana Tech, and he has a bunch of Florida friends, and when he heard that Mike White was up for that, Florida job, he said, don't be surprised if they hire this guy because I've seen what he's doing. So it's good coaching. Uh, and, people, and and Georgia fans recognize that. Sports fans recognize that. And, you know, they can see it. And it's encouraging. And, you know, even under Tom Crean, I mean, Georgia fans have showed that uh, you put a good product on the floor, they'll show up for it. But, you know, they'll check out, you know, uh, if you don't. I mean, they're about winning. This program is about winning. And uh, Mike White certainly has the track record to do that, but it goes beyond that, Buck. He, he he's just a he's a good guy with the media for whatever that's worth, with the fans, with everybody. I mean, just kind of the way he handles himself, the way he carries himself. And let me tell you, there was a lot of great recruits at that game on Saturday. Really good recruits. They put on a good show for him. Um, I saw a lot of comments afterward. Uh, from those recruits that were there talking about how much they enjoyed the environment, how much they enjoyed the other players and, and their interactions with Coach White. So, I mean, I think he has a chance to really get it going. And the thing about him, I think, that should be very encouraging is this. I don't think he sees Georgia as a stepping stone job. I think he sees this as a place to raise his family and to build a program on a strong foundation. And uh, he certainly has the wherewithal to be able to do that. Chip, great stuff as always. We appreciate you checking in with us today. All right. Take care, pal. Chip Towers, AJC, man, he's covering the Bulldogs regardless of the sport. Coming up next, got a freshman I can't wait to see in the upcoming football season at the college level. I'll tell you who that is next. Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, 
Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Glad you're with us today. Man, I'm ready to talk college football. Let's get to the nugget. Mm, tasty. It's time for the college football nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Out about last night at a Super Bowl party, I'll tell you about in just a moment, but was asked, Buck, what freshman are you can't wait to see? going to play for Georgia in the upcoming season. And without hesitation, is ex-wide receiver Tyler Williams. Six foot three, 200 pounds, out of Lakeland, Florida. They listed him as a four-star. All I know is watching the highlight reel of the young receiver reminds me of George Pickens, both in stature and the way he plays the game. Long and lean, skilled, running routes, can get deep. Can't wait to see this guy now. The ex-wide receiver, it'll be the starters, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. You got Dylan Bell. I'm not sure if Ra is going to make it or not, but we'll see about that. I do know this. At some point, you're going to see Tyler Williams, and you're going to be impressed. Keep an eye on this dude. And that'll read, uh, lead us right into the final word today on the show. The final word, as we call it. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers. Keeping Georgia green since 1955. All right, my youngest son, Rhett, took us down to Valdosta, my hometown, for the state sectional meet. And Rhett did not qualify for the state this coming week, but had an outstanding season as a sophomore at 205 wrestling heavyweight that goes up to 285 so very proud he did get a pin in valdosta for the baloo family and we all stood up and cheered that on but it's been a great season for rhett uh, paid some dues this year i think it's going to pay off here in the next two years but wishing all the kids that qualified for the state the very best of luck as they move on big super bowl party yesterday at b&w in downtown norcross fun Super Bowl party. I got to hang out with one of my favorite Falcons players of all time. Billy White Shoes Johnson, baby. Billy, a great guy. Fun hanging out with Billy again. Got to sit down and spend a few minutes with Big George Rogers, a Super Bowl champ. And we had a book signing and I want to thank all the folks that came out and purchased Inside the Hedges. Uh, All in all, a great night at B&W down in Norcross. They opened in November. 
locally owned, and uh, you might want to get in there and check things out. It is awesome. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. We're back tomorrow at 10. Hope you'll join me then. Nick and Chris are coming up next here on The Fan. Thank you, Buck. Where's Nerney? Okay, thanks a lot, Buck. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.